Welcome to Pragmatic Live, a podcast that helps product teams define, build, market, launch, and price great products. Today we're focused on price. I'm Mark Stiving, a pragmatic marketing instructor and a pricing expert. Joining us on today's podcast is another pricing expert, Kirk Bowman. Kirk's been running his own business called Mighty Data LLC for 21 years. And about two and a half years ago, he started a podcast called Art of Value. And we met because almost a year ago, Kirk invited me on his podcast to discuss my pricing book. Today, we're going to figure out what Kirk is all about and why an entrepreneur hosts a seemingly unrelated pricing podcast. Welcome, Kirk. Mark, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Great having you here. Uh, so let's start. Tell me about Mighty Data. What do you guys do? So Mighty Data is a custom software company, and we focus on a particular technology called FileMaker. And I've been in that business, as you mentioned, for 21 years. Fifteen of those years, we build by the hour, which is so common in professional services. And back in 2009, I had an epiphany, which I could describe later, and that set me on a course to start being intentional about pricing instead of just let pricing happen. Wow. And, and so that made you become a pricing expert? You started diving into pricing? Because nowadays we'd certainly think of you as a pricing expert. It did. So I went to a technical conference, and I actually was a panelist where we were discussing estimating and billing practices. And one of the gentlemen on the panel said, if you bill by the hour, there's an artificial limit on your income. And there certainly is, and we can get into all the reasons for that. But the bottom line was I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and the idea that anything I was doing could limit my income really got my attention. And so I spent 90 days studying pricing, and it was at that point that I said, you know what, we're going to be intentional. We are going to start pricing. We are going to become experts at this. And I saw dramatic results in my business. We increased our revenue by 56% the first year, 79% the second, and it has become the way we think. It's become a valued lifestyle for us, this idea of we need to understand what pricing is and how do we come up with that number. Wow, love, love the results, 56% plus, just, just because you focused on pricing. Yes, and to be more specific, it wasn't just pricing, but we focused on what drives pricing. We focused on the value we were creating for the customer, and that can sound cliche because that word value gets tossed around a lot. But we started having really deep conversations with our customers. I call them value conversations, where I wanted to understand not what do they want, but why do they want it. What is the result they're seeking? Why would they even go down this endeavor? And by the way, custom software development is one of the most difficult tasks to accomplish. If you look at the statistics for the industry, over half of projects either fail or over time and over budget. You're rolling the dice, flipping a coin just to get into custom software. And we didn't want to be part of the statistics, and we found the way to do that was to really drill in on the value that was going to be created for the customer. And so that certainly takes risk away from the customer, as, as well as a little bit from you, although you are absorbing more of the risk. We are. But I think as professionals, it's part of our responsibility to take risk off the customer. Number one, we should know what we're doing. Number two, 
customers will pay additional premium on their price for certainty, whether that's certainty in price, certainty in risk, certainty in other things. We do it every day with insurance companies. In fact, I had a guest on recently who said insurance companies are some of the most gutsy pricers out there because they have the wherewithal to call it a premium. You don't get your monthly insurance price. You get your monthly insurance premium, and that's the concept of when you offer certainty through risk and pricing, you actually not only set yourself out as an expert, but you also can charge more as a result. I never thought of it that way. And, and since you brought up your podcast, so Kirk has a podcast called The Art of Value, and luckily I had, had an opportunity to be on it. I've listened to it many, many times. It's a wonderful podcast. I, I recommend people listen to uh, Kirk and the guests that he brings on. But I have to ask you, how did you go from running a company, Mighty Data, to running a company or a podcast called Arts of Value? So in 2009, made the decision to switch my business over to a business model called value pricing. And value pricing simply says, first we're going to determine what is the value from the customer's perspective, and then we're going to set a price that creates a high ROI for them and a higher profit for us. After having been in that business model for two to three years, I learned that I actually had a passion for helping others be able to implement the same type of business model, to be able to generate similar types of results that we had generated. And so one of the things I did to begin to teach this message is to start the podcast. And it is called The Art of Value because I do believe pricing is more art than science. Like other fields, there are principles and guidelines, and you need to understand those so that you know when to step outside the lines. But it really is more art. And I wanted to call it The Art of Value because I think the focus really is on value. Pricing or you get the opportunity to price because you focus on value, not the opposite. And so it really just was an outgrowth of the success I had in my business, and I realized this was an area where I wanted to help others. Okay, and so you do help others today. Not only do you do a podcast, but you do some type of coaching, consulting with other companies. How do you help them find value? What types of questions are we looking for? What are the issues here? Well, first I want to know what type of business it is because the nature of the business may drive the questions. But we'll just assume that maybe it's a professional services business or maybe it's a business that sells products but also generates a substantial portion of their revenue from services that go with those products. One of the best questions I love to ask a customer is why is now the right time to do this project? Why not six months ago? Why not wait another six months? I find that one question alone generates so much good information so that I can help the customer. For example, one of the answers that stands out to me, and this was a few years ago, I found out they had been waiting a year to get the funding. Nobody waits a year to get the funding for anything. If they're going to wait that long, this must be important. And I wanted to understand, why were they willing to wait a year? Why didn't this get cast aside like so many other things do? Other value questions I like to ask, who's going to sign the agreement or the proposal? Because it's not uncommon that I may not be talking to the end decision maker, and that's one way to identify that. And then it gives me an opportunity 
to try to set up a conversation because I want to understand not only the perspective of, quote, the influencer or the gatekeeper that I'm talking to, I want to understand the perspective of the end decision maker. I want to know what's important to them. And by the way, nobody can represent somebody else. It never goes well. Nobody can represent me as good as I can, and somebody else cannot represent a third party. I need to have that conversation. So those are just two examples, and we could certainly probably do a whole show just on those type of questions. But that's a couple of the types of questions that I like to ask. Yeah. So, so one of the things that we teach in our market class are these concepts of buyer personas and the fact that there are so many different types of buyers. And we have to go understand who's involved, who who influences that purchase decision because we want to make sure we understand them, we can market to them, we, we know what their issues are, what their buying criteria are. So sounds like you're doing something very similar in that perspective. Definitely. And as you know, the size of the customer organization influences that conversation. If you're dealing with a fairly small company, you may wind up dealing with a general manager or possibly the owner. In a bigger organization, you may wind up dealing with multiple parties, possibly even parties that have you know, competing influences on this project. And understanding that, I did an interview uh, with someone who was selling technology services to Fortune 100 companies. That was her business. And just to listen to her describe what she calls a relationship map, they literally map out who are all the players on the customer side and try to figure out those interactions. That's kind of the other end of it. But, yes, understanding who those different buyers are, what their roles are, even as you described it, the characteristics of that buyer, all becomes valuable information that helps you actually have a real value conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to drive down into this value concept. At Pragmatic Marketing, we teach a concept called market problems. And market problems are all about where do you start when we go create a product, when we're marketing a product, we want to know what problems we're solving for our marketplace. And, and is that what you're doing, something really similar to that, is you're saying, I want, to, I want to know what the value drivers are? Exactly. And, you know, if you're providing customized services to an individual customer, what you're interested in is the value that's going to be created for that specific customer. If you're creating a product for a market segment, then you have to understand that for the segment as a whole or as well as you can because what you're trying to do is you're trying to summarize the problems that a whole individual segment has. But in either case, the types of questions that you ask are very similar. And by the way, you can't ask a segment questions. All you can do is ask members of that segment questions. And so, yes, that is the same vocabulary, market problems, or value. We're after the same thing. What is the result that the customer is trying to achieve? Why are they trying to achieve it? What will it help them do that they cannot do now? Even as far as what's the cost of doing nothing? What happens if they just sit where they are? So many customers think, well, if I just stay where I am, there's no impact. Yes, there is. And part of our job is to help educate them. And yes, I want customers to decide to do business with me. But at the end of the day, what I'm really interested in is I just want to help them make a decision that puts them a step forward from where they were. And if that means making a decision not to do business with me because I'm not the right fit or my product's not the right fit, I'm okay with that. I just want to make sure that I'm facilitating a decision. Because if I help them realize what I offer is not the right fit, 
it's going to help lead them to what is. And and you don't want to sell something that doesn't fit anyway. It's not going to be successful for you or for them. It's going to be a poor referral, right? If I sell them something and they wind up three, six months later realizing it's not a good fit, even realizing that I should have seen it and I didn't, it's not going to go well, right? It's not going to be a good success story. It's not going to generate referrals. Um, it actually probably will wind up having more downward momentum than upward momentum. And so that's why I'm so focused on the value for the customer because the more you focus on the value, you'll learn you're probably creating more value than you realize. We all undervalue ourselves. That applies to whether we're an employee with an organization, we're a business owner trying to price a product or a service. We undervalue. It's just human nature. And the more we explore the value, the more we realize how much value we're creating. Once you recognize the value, then you can educate the customer about the value being created, and that's where you create more margin for you to actually price better. Okay, so I have this question I want to ask, but but it seems like the answer is going to be obvious now that I've heard you talk. What's the biggest issues you see from companies that call you and say, hey, would you help me with pricing? They don't recognize the value they're creating is number one. And number two, they don't know how to have a conversation to help discover value from the customer's perspective. So I would say a short answer is it's value perception. A value perception of what are they creating, what's the result that they're helping customers achieve, and then how do customers view it. And by the way, you are going to have a harder time having a value conversation with the customer if you don't have confidence in the value you create. I actually teach a four-step model, and the very first step is you have to believe you create value. That's the first step. It's a mindset between your ears. Once you get that straight, then you can march down the other three steps. And by the way, the last step is pricing. There's two other things you have to go through before you get there, in my opinion. But, yes, it's value perception. It all boils down to that. I agree completely. One of the things I teach in my class, and and usually we have work with companies that have sales teams, and I always teach them, look, if you can't make your salespeople confident they can win at your price, they're not going to sell your product. That goes right along that lines of believing in your value. Exactly. I mean, if the sales team doesn't believe in the product, how's the customer? We've all heard the cliche, the first sale is to yourself. It's true. Customers can smell lack of confidence. It's almost like blood in the water for sharks. They can smell it. They can sense it. Even if it's on a subconscious level through intuition, they can sense it. And so it actually is time well spent to better understand the value you created. And if you don't have a clue, go back to your three most recent customers and have a conversation. Sit down with coffee sit down over to lunch, and just talk to them. Go, hey, what's better now? Why are you glad you did this project? What is your business able to do now? Better, faster, higher margins, reduce this, improve that, enhance this, created something new. Find out what are those things. Oh, those are some great questions to ask. Okay, can you give me an example? You, you coach companies. Can you give me an example of something you help somebody else do, uh, help them change their pricing, become more successful? Sure. Um, think of a couple of examples that I can share with you. Um, one was actually a company that was in custom software, and they had developed a engineering solution for a company that was in the mechanical engineering space. 
and were approached by a similar company to do the same thing. And, of course, he realized, hey, if we've already built it once, there's no sense in building it again. And so he got permission from the original company to resell it, but he wasn't sure how to price it. And so he contacted me, and I was able to help him set a price that the customer readily accepted. It was a price higher than he would have set himself. And that one deal increased his revenue by 33% that year. Wow. One deal. And he, was, he probably went into that deal thinking cost plus, it's not going to take me much effort to do this, and so he's going to way underprice it. Yes. And can I just say that costs are irrelevant? Costs have <laughs> nothing to do with pricing. And I know the cost accountants, you know, that might be listening or, or, you know, their eyes are spinning. But it has nothing to do with it. Yes, you need to cover your costs, but that's basic math. We're talking about pricing here. We're talking about the customer's perception of value. Toyota doesn't look at their costs and then set their price. They set the price and then go, how do we build the car and make a profit at that price? And we have to do the exact same thing. So that's one example. Another example, and this is one of my favorite customers just because of what he does. He is essentially a CFO for hire to craft breweries. So he had never offered options to his customers, and he kind of runs a business model where it's a recurring yearly type of subscription, if you will, annual renewal. And so it was coming up on the fourth quarter when he typically renews these, and he even reached out to him. He said, I know I need to offer options. I've just never done it. And he, he, there was really a lot of fear. And so I helped him work through that, and he hit me up on Facebook after he had done, I think his first or second. He goes, dude, I just closed a deal for way more. And I said, well, how much more? And in this particular case, he would have given them one option for 14 k The customer wound up picking another option that was 30 k So he more than doubled the revenue from just that one customer just because he offered options. And, of course, options is part of one of the steps of pricing that I teach, and it's not one that we're really getting into, but that's the type of impact that pricing can have. One business was able to increase their revenue by 33% for one year based on one deal. Another customer was able to double the revenue on one deal and still had more opportunity to do that. That's the type of impact that good pricing can have, especially when you're not pricing at all. Yes, I think you and I think almost identically on this topic, and that is that once you understand what pricing means, how people use pricing to make decisions, then building a product portfolio gives you tons of power in the marketplace. It gives you the ability to capture way more of what your customers are willing to pay. I agree. When you truly understand the value, when you truly start pricing, you, you essentially have the ability to leave the atmosphere of the earth, if you will, and get into outer space. I mean, it's that dramatic type of results. Now, obviously, not every business is going to have the same type of results, but we don't study pricing like we study other things, right? Like an accountant studies accounting, a lawyer studies the law, a software developer studies writing code. We don't study pricing. At least most people don't. And you and I know pricing is continuing to move up into the C-suite of larger companies, but pricing needs to be a skill that is mastered at the upper level of any business, whether you're a solo entrepreneur, you're 10 people, 25, 50, 500, 
Whatever it is, you have to understand pricing. To ignore pricing is to ignore one of the best levers you have to impact your business. Absolutely. In fact, I, I certainly agree that it ha- you have to understand it at the C-suite level, and you have to understand it at the, the base level, the people who are creating the products, designing the products. Right? Knowing pricing tells you what products to build. Well, certainly. You want to create the products that are going to create the most value. Why? Because when you create the most value, you have the opportunity to do the best pricing. Excellent. Okay, so I gotta, I'm going to end this on, a, on more of a personal question. Why did you just choose to do the art of value? What, do you get a special kick out of this? Is it emotionally fulfilling? I really feel like it's the next step in my personal career. I feel like I've been in software for 20 years, and I know that inside and out, but I'm ready for the next challenge. And I feel like pricing is that challenge for me. It's the area where I've had substantial results in my own business. I've had it with some of my customers, and I want to help others. I actually have a passion for helping other people learn pricing. I get excited when my customers contact me and say, hey, I did this, and here was the result, and the result is something like 33%, 50% or more impact on their bottom line. That gets me out of bed. I can have this kind of conversation that you and I are having. I could have this conversation, you know, eight times a day, five days a week, and it never gets old. It's just where my passion is, and so that's why I did it. It was driven by almost an insatiable appetite to discover value and to help customers then price the value they create. I got to say, I couldn't agree with you more. And the other thing that I find in that realm is that pricing is so fascinating because most people really don't understand it. Most people think it is a cost plus thing. When we buy, we think cost plus. And so when we're setting prices, you've got to change that mindset completely. People don't understand it, and we're out there evangelizing really opening minds, opening eyes. So it's a lot of fun. I love, love talking about pricing. Well, you love it when you see the lights go on, right? I'm sure you see it in the classroom because you have the opportunity to teach this, you know, in person with several students. You see the light bulbs go on. Absolutely. It is it is a blast. Well, Kirk, thank you so much for your time today. If anyone wants to contact you, how can they do that? So I'll mention a couple ways. First of all, we do publish a weekly podcast called The Art of Value. We're coming up on our 100th episode here in a few weeks. You can find that at artofvalue.com slash show. Second, if you'd like to reach out to me directly and possibly discuss how I may be able to help you, just reach out to me at artofvalue.com slash contact. You can also find me on Twitter at artofvalue. We'd love to talk with you, especially if you realize from this conversation you've been leaving pricing alone, and it's time to give it the attention it deserves. Excellent. Well, to our listeners, I hope you found this podcast informative and interesting. Uh, Your feedback and questions are always more than welcome. In fact, we would love if you would give us feedback and questions. Please send any comments to experts at pragmaticmarketing.com. And join us next week for the next episode of Pragmatic Live.